as I said, this topic that we're, we're going to look at today is something that I'm passionate about. So let me tell you why that I'm passionate about it. Uh, I'm the athletic director and men's basketball coach at Welch College. But before I was at Welch College, I was in Tampa, Florida for 22 years at a, a Christian school. And I was the AD and uh, basketball coach there. And God had really blessed us in our athletic department there where the last six years we were in the state championship every year and we were playing the public school. So it was, it was big time. And then we, um, I started an AAU organization to where we would go play, you know, other teams and stuff. But the role that I had was that we would not play on Sundays because I pastored as church as well. So what we would do is we would go and we'd play on Friday night and Saturday, and then we'd just forfeit games on Sunday. Uh, well, that kind of got away from me. The, the AAU, and we're going to discuss that in just a minute, but the AU organization grew to where we had like 60 teams, and I kind of lost my position there where it just kind of outgrew me. And then they started playing on Sundays, and uh, that's one reason that I come to Welch College was to help fix this. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think that sitting back and complaining about the conflict between sports and church is the solution. I think getting involved, fixing the problem is the solution. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the last six years and, and even something at the end I'll share with one of the things because I want to give some practical um, uh, reasons for this. Before I get started, I kind of want to know where we are. How many of you are in here uh, in this seminar from a church perspective? You pastor a church and this or a youth pastor and this sports is affecting your church. And it's, it's becoming more problematic. How many of you are in here from a parent perspective where you're getting the pressure from your child, friends to play more sports? The more they get involved, the more you're starting to see Wednesday night. I remember growing up in East Tennessee, Wednesday night was a no-fly zone for sports. And then they started allowing you to practice. And then now TWSAA Wednesday night is a conference night. That's where the conference games are played. Okay? We are a member at Welch College of the National Christian College Athletic Association. At our convention in South Carolina this year, okay, there was 144 teams there. The vote was 139 to 4 or 5 and I think you know which side I voted on to play on Sundays. The National Christian College Athletic Association voted to allow Christian colleges, and I'm not talking liberty, I'm talking some of the fundamental Christian colleges in our country, their ADs, by permission of the president, voted to allow games to be played on Sunday. Now. I think it's also hypocrisy of us to say, how dare we if we Sunday is revolved around NFL day? You know, it, it is, sports is becoming ingrained in us. But 
uh, I, I want us to understand that battle between church and sport is nothing new. From the very beginning of the early church, it has been a conflict. Between the time period of 10 AD to 450 AD, the early church records showed that the church would not have anything to do with sports. And there were three things or three reasons that they said that they didn't want to have anything to do with church. And, and I think you're going to see we're going to pull full circle on this. The early church said that, that the church should have nothing to do with sports for three reasons. Number one was idolatry. The games and festivals was there to honor gods. Okay, the early Olympic games is a great example of this. So they were designed to honor gods, and, and the early church said that there was no reason um, that the church should be involved in this because it is honoring their gods. I, I want us to keep that in mind in a minute when we look at is, is sport a religion? I, I'm going to probably prove to you today that sports is a religion. Okay, The second reason that the early church would not have anything to do with sports was the immorality. The games were barbaric. Okay, Go back and study Rome and the Colosseum, how that it started out as sports and how that it eventually uh, moved into barbaric events and, and everything. And, and I want you to understand, this is someone who loves sports and, and, has, and to be honest with you, sports has been good to me. But we're very close. I don't know about you, but I today still cannot watch an MMA fight. I just think there's something just barbaric about that. And that is where that we have become. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry just in that arena. So the early church wouldn't have anything to do with it. But really it was uh, dualism. They, they believed that a, a Christian who believed in God should only care about the mind, but not the body. Of the first two, I would agree with that idolatry and immorality was, has been and always has been and always will be part of sports. But I believe the scripture teaches us that that is not the case, that we should not only be concerned about the mind, that there is, there is the importance of the body, um, I will tell you that I believe in the statement that I use in all my classes at Welch. Uh, God made something to be good and man breaks it. And I believe that sport is an example of this. I believe that God has made athletics, certain people individually athletic. God didn't make me athletic. He just gave me the ability to work hard to coach people that were athletic. Um, but to say that it's not God's will for somebody to participate in sports, then my question would be, why did God give them that ability? Then therefore, I would say that sports just needs to be redeemed. It's broken. And I think that's the part of the church. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Let's go back to the title of this seminar. Who is influencing whom, the church or the sport? My question is, I would say probably everybody in here would dare say that sport is influencing the church more than the church is influencing sports. So then I would ask this question, where's the problem? Is the problem in sports or the problem is the church? 
I would tend to say the problem probably lies within the church. So we have to figure out how to redeem it. But conflict between the church and um, sports really become in the forefront after the Protestant Reformation, which is going to bring us to where I think that most of us are here today. With the Puritans after the Protestant Reformation, there were two main themes that surfaced. First, the church rejected sports connection to Catholics' fest, uh, festivals on feast days. Okay? In other words, the Catholics were the first group or religious group that pushed and supported sports on the day of worship. And the Puritans were, you know, if you study the Protestant Reformation in the Puritans, they were so much against anything that the Catholic Church did. This obviously was one thing that was glaring is they are pushing something that we have set aside to honor God. So that was the, the first one. For the Catholic, sports was a day of, um, of, of, of celebration. It was a day of activity. It was a day of, of family getting together. The Puritans looked at it as a day of worship. And they found conflict in this. Okay? The second, the second problem with this problem that the Puritans had in this was the fact that the Catholic Church did not cannot connect anything to God in this. They used it to support and promote human performance. And the Puritans felt like that if, if the Catholic Church was going to push this, or the church was going to push this, then it needed to promote God in some way. But I believe that where that we are here today, where we lie at, is we believe that there's conflict between the church and the sports primarily when it comes to church attendance. I believe that is where that we believe the conflict lies today. And I, I would agree with you. Okay, I told you that I am not athletic at all. Okay, but I've been involved in sports now, now for 30 years. Um, it is it's my first year playing, coaching in the state championship game um, Sefner Christian uh, was where I was at. We played on a state championship game at 4 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Luckily for me that it was close enough. It was only 45 minutes. By 7 o'clock I was in the pulpit at my church. You know, so I, I believe in, I, believe, I, I really firmly see this conflict. In 2016, a study of pastors showed that 72% of the ordained ministers surveyed said they have a negative view of members of their congregation allowing children to participate in organized sports. That is in 2016. 72% of ordained ministers that were surveyed said they had a negative view of parents allowing their children to participate in organized sports. I think that it's very important in that same study, the overwhelming, overwhelming reason that they said they had a negative view of this was Sunday participation. So I think at the heart of what we're dealing with when the conflict between the church and sport is we see that we're in competition with each other. 
And I'm gonna let you in a little secret. It's probably a competition that you're gonna lose. And I'm gonna share with you why you're gonna lose that, but I'm gonna give you some practical ways that you can actually, actually win. See, the thing about sports I like is sometimes you have to figure out how to win in unique ways. I've had to win some basketball games in some very unique ways. And I believe that you can win in this in some unique ways. There, um, so the, the question here for us is, is, why is this such an important topic for us? Because I believe the future of the church is at stake with this because of the major growth of sports that we're going to look at. I, I will tell you that uh, how many of you have how many of you are familiar with the great world of travel ball, AAU uh, things like that? Okay, I can tell you as a college basketball coach, I refuse to talk to AAU coaches. I just won't do it because I know that those AAU coaches has taken Sundays to coach those men that I'm bringing in to coach and that I know it's going to take me at least two years to break that habit. So I, want to, I talk to the college coach, I talk to the parents, and one of the first things I ask them is, what is your view of Sunday? Because here's our view. Here's, here is my view, Dr. Pinson's view at Welch College. Here's our view. Is we're going to play on Saturday night. If it's away, we're going to be in a church on Sunday morning. Is where we're going to be. And that is, that is not something that is normal today. Like I said, the NCCA, National Christian College Athletic Association, the last conservative sports college organization left, just voted to allow teams to play on Sundays. So that is something, that it, it's a battle. But there is no doubt that sports have a strong hold on society. College football this year, are you ready for this, is a $32 billion a year deal. $32 billion. How many of you right now is even having a hard time paying your bills at church because people are not paying tithes, right? $32 billion. Okay. Fox Sports just signed a $12.4 billion a year deal with Major League Baseball. The NBA just did a $24 billion a year deal with TNT. And we think that as a church that we're not in a battle. Because we're battling the dollars. Okay? It, it is so important that we grasp our mind around this. Youth sports, we study this in our sports management class at Welch. Youth sports right now in the United States is a $38 billion a year industry. $38 billion. The average family who has children participating. Now, here, here's where I want, you, I want you to start connecting the dots. The average family who has children participating in youth sports spends an average of $275 a month on that sport. And you think that if that team is playing on Sunday, that those dollar signs does not affect those parents? We've paid $275 a month on this. 
Now, I'm not, so I'm not condoning that. I want you to understand that. But I'm telling you, that is what we are up against. It is, we are, we're, we're up against this. I, I contend that it is important to understand some of the important concepts about sports before the, inf, of the, before the influence of sports on the church and straight state is addressed. First of all, I want you to understand this about sports. I think it's important that you understand this about sports when you start addressing a church. Number one, sports do not lie. What is the objective of sports? To win. They're not lying to you. It's, it, sports does not have a hidden agenda. It's designed to win. The minute that I, as a coach, and listen, I want to keep things right for me as a coach. I don't want to lose my perspective on things. But the minute that I lose my drive to win is the minute I need to get out of coaching. Because it's miserable when you're getting thumped all the time. Right? Sports don't lie. They're designed to win. Okay? Sports does not care about your Wednesday night Bible study. They do not care about your... So for you to think that sports and you can coexist and get along friendly and not have to battle wits, you're wrong. Because sports is going to win. And I know we're talking figuratively like this, but sports looks at church as competition. They're competing for the kids. They're competing for the dollars. And they're competing for the time. There is no hidden agenda there. That is what they are doing. And this is what I tell kids all the time and I tell parents all the time. I'll go ahead and tell you this to help offset this. Me and some other uh, coaches in the Nashville area, we have started an organization. I started it called 541 Athletics based off of Matthew 541 going the second mile. And one thing that we're doing is not only training kids, but we're meeting with parents and helping them set up objectives and stuff. And one of the things that I tell every one of them is this. Sports has the objective to win. And if you get involved in this and the heavier you get involved in this, it's going to cost you something. Well, we'll spend time as a family. You're not spending time as a family sitting at the ball field the whole time. You're not. You're not spending time as a family sitting in the bleachers and then playing ball. It's going to cost you family time. It's going to cost you church time. It's going to cost you money. The funniest thing I ever heard when I was in Florida, I had a player who got a full ride offered to Walford University. Dad was so excited. Got a full ride. They're giving her $25,000 a year. Add up the math, man. You've spent more than that. To get her that money, you invested it in a mutual fund, you would have, you could have went to Harvard or Welch College. I mean, you know, you, it would have been a whole lot smarter. You spent more than that to get there. So sports is designed to win. Number two, here, here's, here's the biggest lie when it comes to sports. Sports is viewed as a, viewed as a path to success. You're sending your child to school and that coach is telling them, by the way, most of their coaches are history teachers. Okay, I taught history as a coach too. So uh, that coach is telling them, if you want to be successful, get involved in sports. 
right? Let's disregard the lucrative professional contracts that most athletes, athletes obtain. There is a misconception that the participation of sports automatically increases someone's odds of success. Just by participating in sports. One of the first questions I ask in one of my classes I teach at Welch is this. Does participating in sports uh, create character? Every one of them, yes. Well, what if you have a coach that doesn't have character? So just participating in sports does not create character and it does not automatically create success. Yes, there are things that sports can do. It does teach discipline. It does teach teamwork. It does teach uh, compromise. It does teach strategy. All of that's important, but understand this. Just participating in that alone does not do it. You have to make sure you're in the right situation to do it. But the problem with this is society is telling our young people that sports is a way to be successful. And I teach and coach at a college, and I get it. If you've had kids go there, you know how expensive Welch is. I get it. But what's happening is this. Colleges, I'm going to choose my words carefully here because I work for a college. Colleges are getting more and more and more expensive. And what they're telling them is this. You can get an athletic scholarship. You're just going to have to work hard on this. The problem is there's very few that actually gets the athletic scholarship. Okay? Last night, how many of you know the difference between D1, D2, D3, NAIA, and all of that? Okay? Do you know how many D1 basketball players I have on my team this year? Are you ready for this? I got three. Welch's never had that. I got three former D1 basketball players this year. Had another phone call last night with another D1 because they're now getting the transfer portal is now kicking them out and kicking them around and they're coming down. And But what's happening is this right here, the pathway to success, they're being told from a very early age is you won't be successful, you get involved in sports, and there goes, hey, you got to do all of this stuff to be successful, and that's what you're battling in your church. Okay? Unless your church has a scholarship fund to give everybody $30,000, $40,000 a year, you're going to battle that. Okay? It is, it's, very, it's very important. But number three, there is another um, problem that has developed in sports that you're going to face in the church that church didn't face 20 years ago. It is the specialization in sports. When I said, how many of you know about AAU and stuff like that, you raised your hand, most of you shook your head, okay? Because most of you, at a younger age, you was able to play football, basketball, and baseball for your same school, right? Now high school coaches are telling you, we don't want you to do that. We want you to specialize. We want you to, to go year-round in this one sport. Well, if they're in school Monday through Friday, let me tell you how big of a deal this is. Let me chase this rabbit. In Florida, and I coached the men's team at Welch, but I coached the high school girls team in Florida. We were not your normal high school girls team. Okay, we were really good. Had a girl play for me named Chelsea Hall. She went and actually played one year at Connecticut, 
she transferred to Vanderbilt. She was sponsored by Nike. Okay? When our ball season was over, she'd be at school Monday through Friday. Friday afternoon, she would be on a plane and she'd fly to Las Vegas or somewhere like that, and she'd play basketball all weekend and fly back on Sunday night and be in school Monday morning. What have you told that kid that she is special? She'd become a prima donna. She'd become very difficult to deal with. But what happened is she got involved in this specialized sports. They controlled her Nike, not Nike controlled her diet, where she, what schools that she could visit and everything. So this specialization of sports has become important. But also there's just the growth of sports. In 1989, two out of 10 Americans viewed themselves as sports fans. 2019, pre-pandemic, eight out of 10 people viewed themselves as sports fans. It has become um, even more of a issue. Because of the growth of sports, I wanna, I wanna tell you this, I believe that we can look at this today and say that sports has become a religion in our country. I do not believe now as a church that you can no longer look at sports as just sports. I believe you're gonna to have to start looking at it as a religion. Let me tell you why that I believe that. Religions, not, we're not talking about Christianity, okay, we're talking about religions. They have a spiritual leader, right? You ever heard of a guy named Nick Saban? Go to Alabama. Is anybody here from Alabama? Nick Saban, is he not a religious leader in Alabama? Right? They have places of worship. Religion has places of worship, right? Has sports not developed a place where they go to worship? Right? They have the ball field. I run across this quote by a guy named Brent Osborne. He, he was a fan of the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, and he said this, Some people go to Jerusalem, I go to Pittsburgh. Okay? They also have rituals. Religion has rituals. Now, I know sports has always had this stuff, but I believe with the increase of technology, social media, and things like that, it has become more prevalent and that it has become an issue. And I believe that it is um, important that we recognize it as a religion. And once we do that, I believe we understand that what we're really battling is a heart issue. What we're battling is a heart issue. 25% of, um, of young people that start playing sports at age 9 quit by the age of 11. Now, that's a good thing for the church. But you still have 75% that don't. So let me give you some practical things uh, really quick that I have found that I think the church needs to do. Number one... I believe you need to have real conversations with those people in your church that's involved in sports. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I don't necessarily believe that needs to necessarily just be from the pulpit. I believe that having these conversations from the pulpit can actually be counterproductive because of this. Most of the time when you have these sermons that there's one or two things happen. The people that need them, they're out playing ball anyway. So you're giving it to people that don't need it. And then the people that do need it, you're just browbeating them. You're not really getting to the heart of the issue. And they feel attacked. 
Okay? Now, I'm not one as a pastor that believes that we should make the church all warm and fuzzy for people. I believe, you know, there is the conviction that you need to put. But I believe that biblically, at the, at the end of the day, listen, because how many of you raised your hand that said you are concerned about the people in your church missing for sports functions? Do you not think we have a Matthew 18 problem there? I think this is an issue where that you need to go to them as a pastor, as a loving shepherd. What was one of the things that happens when you study uh, a shepherd and the sheep? When the sheep goes out astray, they go get them. Sometimes what they have to do, they have to break the legs, right? They had to do some uncomfortable things. And I believe having these uncomfortable conversations is where you start. I don't think it's good enough anymore with the growth of sports for us just to throw our hands back and say, there's a problem. I believe that from a church's growth, stability of the future, that this situation has to be addressed. And the fact that we have this many people in here during Eddie Moody's and Matt Pinson, Dr. Pinson's seminar proves that, hey, that there is an issue. And I believe having these conversations, they're not comfortable. They're not. I would dare say if you're, if you as a pastor, and if you're not willing to do this, you shouldn't be a pastor. If you had somebody in your church involved in infidelity, you would have those one-on-one conversations. I would, I would hope you would. Because you would, number one, you would see how unbiblical it is and how destructive it could be. I believe that it is unbiblical for you to have a church member that is putting sports above the house of worship, church attendance, on a regular basis. Hey, I get it. There's going to be times. There's going to be unusual circumstances. But if it's on a regular basis, I think you biblically have to do that. Yes? I'm seeing pastors taking their kids out of church and going to sports on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And leaving the congregation. So it is a huge, huge. It is. And that's to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never had deacons nice enough that would have ever allowed me to do that. I've had some pit bull deacons mm-hmm. that, I mean, they, they, they would have, I would have been tackled the next time I come to church. <laughs> I mean, it, it would not have been pretty. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a problem. Um, every, I drive, the church that I pastor right now is an hour away from my house and I have to drive past Tennessee Stadium and I love football I do but it it is discouraging a lot of times on Sunday when I'm driving to church and I know that I've got four or five church members sitting over there tailgating getting ready for church that that is discouraging okay Um, I, I will tell you that this is what I have found talking with pastors and, 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 and in this new 541 athletic adventure that we have started, parents feel lost. When you start having this conversation, parents are convicted. They don't want it. But the kids are putting so much pressure on them, which then can lead into bigger conversations. 
But the problem is, is we never get to the root of this until we have the conversations. That's why that I do not believe that the, these conversations should be held from the pulpit. I think that you need the hard conversations one-on-one in a loving way. And you need to understand that you're going to go in there and you're going to be rejected. But you've still done, you've still done what God has asked you to do. Okay? But number two, I think not only having the real conversations... But I think that you need to figure out and talk to them why sports is so important. In that conversation, figure out why sports are important. Here's what you're going to find, and we've already talked about this. A lot of these parents are going to tell you it is their only way for Johnny to get to go to college. And let's just be honest, Johnny's probably not that good anyway. You know, I saw Johnny miss three balls between his leg last Sunday. You know, he's not that good. But figure out why sports are so important, okay? Um, and I think and when you start having those discussions about why that sports are so important to them, I think we can get to the heart issue. Because sometimes it is not the children. It's the parents. It's the parents. It is, listen, I, my son is 13 years old. I have coached basketball for 30 years. He's starting to play basketball. He's not good. I hope he don't listen to this, but he is not good. Okay, he will not even play for Welch College at this point. But you know how many discussions that I have had with him about basketball? Zero. I pick him up after practice. We talk about everything else. Because I, I go to enough recruiting games. I see the parents. I hear the parents. I see this. And parents, watch, I want you to understand this. That parent that is taking that child out of church is under as much peer pressure as that student is. They are. The, listen, if, especially if that child is good. If that child is good, that parent is being my son is 13 years old is not very good at basketball i have two nephews as twin that's 14 that probably 14 years old is probably in the top 10 percent of the best basketball players in the state of tennessee they are unbelievable and my sister unfortunately she falls into this category of hey uh, we can go to church if it's available but not we'll go play sports and i can tell you the phone calls that she gets Hey, man, come play for us. We need them. And they'll get seen, and they'll get this, and they get this. So find out why. Okay? But then when you have the conversations, and you find out why, I think you need to start really developing a partnership. Because here, here's where we are, guys. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. I wish that I could tell you that you could be biblical and you could go to them out of Matthew 18 and you can have this biblical conversation. You can find out why and next thing you know, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. I wish I could tell you that's how it's going to work. But it's not. I'm just, I don't want to be a pessimist, but it's, it's probably not. Then I think, I think the next step is figuring out what role is the church having this? Let me give you this. Last week in Louisville, Kentucky, are you ready for this? In Louisville, Kentucky, there were 1,500 high school, I mean, 
AAU girl basketball teams in Louisville, Kentucky from Thursday to Tuesday? How many churches developed a ministry around this huge AAU organization? Probably not a lot, right? But man, they'd complain about somebody missing their church. So I think, and I don't want to have this, if you can't beat them, join them mentality. But I think you can view this as a ministry opportunity. So like, I'll give you this example. Um, I pastor a church, and I'm still not figuring out how this is going to go. But 541 Athletics, we're going to start going to these AU organizations. And we're going to start renting out facilities. And we're going to start having church services on Sunday mornings. And in those church services, we're going to tell them, we think you should be back in your church. We, we don't think you should be doing this. But, number one, there's some of you who are going to be here because you're not saved and we're going to present the gospel. But number two, until we can get you convinced to go back, we need to give this opportunity. So I'll give you this example. There is a, it's a Southern Baptist church that I know of in Michigan that their pastor, developed, he, he, he was losing so many kids to go and play ball. So here's what they did. They did a, a discipleship program with those parents and those kids. And in this discipleship program, they hit them hard. You should be at church. We want you at church. But then... For those that said, we're still going to do it, they partnered with them, and then they started developing church services in the name of that church on these events. And what he found was this right here. Some of the people stopped going to the AAU events. That, through that, God worked with them, and they started going. But number two, they picked up family members of the ones that was going and sometimes they would even come to their church. I'm not saying that's idea. I wish that we could say, hey, we can, we're going to stop this and Wednesday night's going to become a priority and Sunday's going to become a priority and we're not going to be in this conflict anymore. I, I, I would love to have that magic bullet. But in 30 years, I've not found it. I haven't. Um, and I don't want you to walk out here defeated because I believe that sports can be redeemed. But I believe it's one family at a time. And that was the next thing that I was going to tell you is this. Don't be discouraged when only you have success with one family. Don't be discouraged with that. That one family matters. You know, and, and we, we can go about this. We can talk about fishing, hunting, okay? When I was in Florida, I had to compete against boar hogs. You know what, boar, you know, they go boar hog hunting all the time. I had to compete against boar hog hunting season, okay? Don't even get me started on the beach or Disney. So it's just not sports. But the reason that I believe that sports is a problem for us is we see it affecting the kids. And, and it, it, it's, it's very difficult. So have those real 10 minutes, okay? Uh, start having those real conversations. Know why sports is important to them and start thinking about partnership, okay? 
Develop. Here, here's, let's talk about this partnership. If you're in a small town, develop a partnership with that high school. So that you can eventually go into that AD and say, man, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're allowing your coaches to practice and play on Wednesday nights. Can we not have Wednesday nights? Can we not have that? I can tell you the best way to get those coaches is through their belly. Start feeding them as a church. Start feeding the sports teams for games. And then when you go in and say, man, can you all not practice on Wednesday night? He's going to be more likely to listen. So in other words, I don't think that we need to look at this as the church completely against sports. I think we're going to have to figure out how to ministry within that and figure out how to redeem it.